iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here today, Nick. That's what you've earned here today. One meeting. Hey, what, are you, what are you doing? You're giving me the, really? The Kurt Russell speech from the movie Miracle? It's applicable to what we're doing. I mean, it's not like I'm going to come up with something better than that. Who are we? B and V engine design. Nick, start your engine. That motor in that car, when it started vibrating. I'm sorry? If I was sitting on the hood of that car and the way it was shaking, Cheers. We got the deal. When it comes to couples, they're my hero. Honey, you hear that? Why did you show Bethlehem his hero? Come on, buddy. Every kid wants to dance with his hero. Okay, you, 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 this is completely out of context. Awesome. I just saw my best friend's wife with another man. How you like me now? Oh my god. You gotta tell him. It's guy code, man. Hey, Ronnie. Where are you? I'm doing all different kinds of things now with all the nice people. Why, why, why do you sound like you're on medication? You gotta go right up to him and you gotta say it. Nick, here's the truth. You're gonna be okay. I love you, my man. Come here. Why is that man hugging himself? Just keep walking. I saw it all, Geneva. I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna deny it, and then I'm gonna say you made a pass at me. Marani, can I talk to you for a second? I was actually gonna run up here uh, for, for about, about the rest of the day. That there's something that I have to fix. Hey, oh God, hey man. oh God. You're not fixing anything. You're breaking more stuff. You killed my fish. I'm sorry. I like to make a toast. To Burton Sue, 40 years. Wow. I would assume that the thing that would get you through those 40 years would be a little friend I like to call honesty. And love. That's a good one, but I think that comes too from honesty. And similar interests. <laughs> Who are you? I'm cousin Betty. First? Second. Okay, second cousin, just so you know, is not really even a relative because someone could have sex with their second cousin and the kid would most likely still be normal. Honesty, you can't run from it because the truth will always find you. Burton Sue. I'm gonna tell your husband I was married to Helen Keller. Helen Keller? Yeah, what? the girl with all the personality. Sybil. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome tonight's guests, Ron Howard, Clint Howard, and this evening's guest moderator, Stu Von Arsdale of Movie Line. How's everyone? Good. Well, welcome to our guests. How are you both doing? We're fine. I've still got my talk show clothes on. I would have been a little, a little, uh, a little more casual. A little more Apple Store casual. End of the day. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I want to start the way the movie starts and just ask the question point blank: How well can you know somebody? What, how well you can know somebody? How well can you know somebody? You I don't really think, know somebody. No, I don't think you ever can know somebody, including a spouse. I think there are, I think there are, there are dark places in people's minds or, or uh, uh, sort of ideas that float around in people's heads that, that the closest people will never know about. 
I, I, I agree, but I, I think you could act that you can with near certainty get close enough to somebody to know sort of what they will do in a, in a, in a very reliable way. Uh, not, not in the most perhaps extreme circumstance, but I think you can get up, you know, I can, I, I think, I think uh, I could tell you pretty well how Clint might react to this, that, or the other, or my, or, or my wife, Cheryl. Boy, uh, you've got a better marriage than I have. <laughs> I can't figure my wife out at all. <laughs> and before I uh, follow that up, I, I want to ask if it's, I'm just going to geek out for a second. Now, the opening of the film, speaking of the opening, has Don't Do It, and it has the characters, uh, the uh, cast names over the characters. It's like a direct homage or a coincidental homage to The Last Waltz. Uh, co co coincidental. Okay, all right. Coincidental. I, I, I wish I could claim it. And, and The Last Waltz, they're not, you know, it's not the only ones to do it either. But, but the... But that, uh, in fact, editorially, this was a really interesting one because uh, we had a good script, good tight script, lots of, lots of cool improv, but it wasn't like the story moved off in various directions. But be, because of the, 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 the sort of the need to cut things down and also the, the tonal combination of sort of uh, uh, comedy, psychological thriller, um, uh, relationship... Sort of adult adult comedy and and you know and some bona fide you know drama uh, in, in involved. It was a it was it was a blend and in fact the opening scene around the table, which is really really great, but we loved it when we shot it and it was one of the first things that we started screening the movie without when we started cutting it down and then in the last week we put it back in and we couldn't put it back in its entirety. We just didn't have time. We used to have the credits on the end, and we said, well, mostly it was how do we justify using this material? The story doesn't really start, but we love it for the characters. And so then we, we just started playing around and, and decided to, uh, to build the title sequence around it. Excellent. Um, let's talk a little bit more about this, about this tone, especially in, as it you know, kind of um, alludes to the idea of knowing somebody. I mean, you ha we have to go through the film, and we're, there are secrets being kept from the audience, of course, as well. And, and I'm interested in how you went about, how this evolved tonally for you in the editing room, even while, in, while shooting in the editing room, and how do you think you did? Well, it, it was a, a good, strong script by Alan Loeb. I didn't develop it. Brian Grazer, my partner at Imagine, it was his idea. In fact, it was kind of born out of a, a moment where he saw a woman with red hair walking down the street being kind of affectionate. My wife, Cheryl, has red hair, shoulder-length red hair. And, and he, he spotted that and said, oh, that could, maybe that could be Cheryl, but she was being, this person was being very affectionate to a big buff guy who was definitely not me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, when Brian, Brian got a little worried about it, but when he saw the woman turn, it wasn't Cheryl, and he came and told me about it, and we had a laugh. And then he started mentioning that to other people, and it always would kick off a round of pretty spirited conversation. And uh, he mentioned that to Vince Vaughn, and together they cooked up the idea of this movie, brought in Alan Loeb, really developed it on their own. Mm -hmm. I knew about it. It was there at Imagine. And, and, and when, I, when I read it, I really wanted it. And I, my antenna was tuned to try to find a kind of contemporary, unusual, um, edgier sort of comedy because I had had a really good experience work, working in and around Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years ago, I just sort of, it reminded me that I missed directing 
comedy, the people working toward generating laughs. And yet I didn't want it to just feel, sound, echo, you know, other comedies that I'd done and other tones. And, uh, and when I found this, I thought, wow, this is fresh. It's full of surprises. The story twists and turns. I bet it could do so even more. Um, and uh, Vince Vaughn is the perfect guy to, as a, you know, to sort of as a fan to see between this, this rock and this hard place. Yeah. I knew it would be funny, and I knew he could take it even further. And the directorially, uh, you know, I thought I could do something with it beyond just sort of put the camera in a place so it stayed out of the way of the jokes. You know, I could, because of the sort of the comedy psychological thriller, Sal Totino, the cinematographer, and I could, could do something, um, you know, a little more filmic and interesting with it. Uh, I want to break it down by character, just really quickly, um, so we can get a better feel of what exactly is going on in this film and what everyone's kind of, uh, what's going on with these characters. Let's start with, uh, with Vince Vaughn's character, Ronnie. Uh, he's he's uh, a guy that we, we, uh, we, we learn, he's a wonderful guy, he's, he's, he thinks in his own unique way, he, uh, he's one of those guys who kind of says and does the inappropriate sort of extreme thing, but it's always from a place of trying to achieve something that, uh, that makes sense, you know, on, and, and, even, and even to us, which is why he can actually attract somebody as grounded, intelligent, and lovely as Jennifer Connelly. They are a longtime couple on the brink, he's on the brink of actually popping the question. And this elusive guy, he's had a gambling problem at one point in his life. Things are looking really good. And he's really at this point of, 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 of um, you know, turning a corner in a lot of ways. So this, this is a story of that particular kind of person having the rug pulled completely out from under him. So it's, it's not just what would you do, it's what would this guy do? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and what does it mean to him? His emotional stability. How does he respond? And of course, we wanted to deal with it in a in a in a comedic way. But we found that the more honest we were about it all, the more truthful it seemed, that the funnier the spikes were. And we began to discover that during this whole, this long editorial process and preview screening process because it really was a great. I have Final Cut, but this was a, one of the most interesting exercises of screening for audiences, getting feedback, and, and sort of zeroing in on a spot where, you know, the movie truly was a ride, the twists and turns were enjoyable and not confusing, the characters were edgy but still winning and entertaining, and these are all the things that I wanted in support of these themes. How do you develop the character with Vince Vaughn, though? I mean, how does this unfold, how does this evolve over the, cor the course of development, rehearsals, shooting? Well, Vince is a fascinating guy. He's incredibly talented. He's not a, really a comic. He's not a guy that only thinks about trying to be funny. He really thinks in terms of, of ideas and the world around him. And, and he's got a, a, a really particular, unique point of view about things. But it's fun. It's smart. It's interesting. And it's, and, and, and it's very unique. Well, so talking about this idea and how it might unfold turned out to be very creative and it did keep evolving. But all the other actors joined in to this process, not only in the rehearsal period, but on into the filming. You know, it's not like scenes entirely changed, but we would do the scripted scenes and then I would really invite these free takes and people could put their own stamp on the characters, whether it was comedy or in some of the more emotional, uh, even dramatic scenes where people like Jennifer Connelly 
uh, and Winona Ryder made huge contributions by bringing even more truth to their characters. So it did just keep evolving uh, as we went along. Hey, but, but Clint's scenes with Vince were, um, you know, largely improvised, weren't they? I mean... Well, you, you, had, you had warned me, or not so much warned me, but, but said that, well, you know, the plan was to do a lot of improvising. And I think one reason why Ron sort of asked me to do this part is, he, he, I think he obviously trusts me or, and, and understands that I'm willing to stand there toe-to-toe with anybody and give it my, my best shot. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, and I think he had confidence in me that I wouldn't fold under the pressure. So, sure enough, you know, we did the scene as kind of it was scripted, and then we started playing. And, you know, I, I've had some luck in my life acting with, with uh, improvisational actors, and I, I felt such a great vibe with Vince. And I think he felt the same way because he gave me stuff and I bounced stuff off him. And when he realized I could play ball with him, then we started playing. Like, I know right now, the movie is getting ready to come out, and, and it's, you know, it, it, this, is, this is Ron's film. But I'm sure in the future, there will potentially be a, a DVD box set with some outtakes. <laughs> and I'm really interested, because they don't let me see the dailies. I'm interested in going back and seeing some of those outtakes that Vince and I did, because it got pretty squirrely. And I just, <laughs> Vince is the kind of guy that after, after spending some time with him for, a, for just, an hour or so, you kind of wish he, w he grew up on the same block with you or his locker was next to yours in high school because <laughs> you just felt like here's a dude that you could have a lot of fun with. And I don't mean goofy fun. I mean smart intellectual fun. So I had a blast working. And like one more time, you know, Brother Ron gives me an opportunity <laughs> to be in a wonderful situation. And, and, you know, and hopefully, uh, well, I know, I didn't screw it up. So, you know. It was a good turn. It was a good Clint Howard turn. Yeah. <laughs> but Clint, I'm interested in this. Like, you, I'm, you say you have a history of working with him in improv you know, scenarios. Who, with whom, and how did you, have you honed your chops over the years? I'm interested. Well, it's not so much honing my chops. It's just the opportunity of getting to work, well, on the Austin Powers movies. I mean, that was, that, that was uh, pure sort of improvisational inspiration from Mike and Jay Roach, the director, and also Sandler. I've, I've had the good fortune of working a few times for, for Camp Sandler. And uh, those guys are, are they, they certainly understand filmmaking, but they also understand the idea of finding the surprises through improv improvising. And, and I so enjoyed my experiences, for instance, with Sandler, you know, and, and on the Austin Powers thing. Also on a lot of other little low budget. One thing about working on low budget movies is you can take more chances to a degree when, when you're working on, a, on a, a movie like this, which is a fairly big budget piece of work, you know, and it, it's, there's a lot at stake. Actors tend to want to go in there and, and throw strikes. On, this, on the small little independent movies, you feel a little more comf comfortable and confident that you can play around a little bit. So I've had plenty of experience on the, the smaller movies getting to do a lot of improvising. So with, going back to the idea of character now, you were talking about developing the character with Vince Vaughn. Now how does, and also the interactivity between character development, how does developing Ronnie's character, how does that inform developing Nick, played by Kevin James? Well, uh, l largely, I mean, the, 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 the Nick character was defined, and in some ways, um, 
because Brian, this idea was born of Brian imagining, what would I do if I, if I, if I saw your, your wife, my best friend and business partner's you know, uh, wife cheating, what would I do? Well, you know, the relationship is a little bit, I mean, you know, Brian is mercurial, emotional. His mind moves quickly from subject to subject and possibility to possibility. And I'm a little more dug in, myopic, and uh, quietly, you know, I pretty wound up and emotional about what I'm doing. So the characters reflected that in a way. So this is not a classic Kevin James character in, in, in that Vince is the one who's more physically funny in the movie. And, and, and Kevin is driving an idea. Uh, and the comedy kind of comes out of that ang anxiety. And it's a sense that this is a really kind of, you know, really bright guy but at, a, at, a, at an emotionally sensitive, vulnerable uh, time. And Kevin really loved that about the script. And, uh, and he, you know, he signed on. It was, it was, and it was for the opportunity to, to, to sort of stretch himself a little bit because this, this, this was a, a sort of a different comedic tone for him, a chance to work with Vince, and a, ch and a chance to have a different role in a, in a modern uh, comedy. And, uh, you know, he gets his laughs and stuff, but he also creates some, some nice emotional moments. And, and I, I, he really is proud of that. And the, obviously, um, Winona Ryder and Jennifer Connelly's characters play into this equation as well. How did you enter them into this whole dynamic and how did you kind of flesh that out? Well, one of the, I mean, actors were really attracted to, to this script because of this combination of tones. The idea that it felt real and yet there was some pretty outrageous places that even the script went to and we kind of all, all knew that as we got it on its feet and began working with it, the comedy would go even higher. Uh, but the, the, the possibility of working both sides of that was, was, um, was exciting to everyone and both Jennifer and Winona enjoyed the idea of being around a comedy but not having to be goofy, broad, or, 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 or trying to reach for the jokes, the, the comedy coming from their characters would again come from the, the truth. And, and one of the things that meant a lot was, I mean, they were a little, in the rehearsal period, Winona, who is really classically trained, very disciplined, but it's really, it's almost like old school Hollywood. Where are my marks? What are my lines? What syllable by syllable, beat by beat? Where am I gonna put my hand on a particular line? Very, very disciplined, thoughtful performances that she gives. And here I was just saying, I don't know where your hand should go. We're, we're going to shoot it again and see where, see where your hand goes when it goes. And, and, and at one point we were, we were riffing during the rehearsal period, and I honestly thought I could kind of see Winona's eyes spinning in opposite directions as Vince was going. And then she sort of settled down and dove into it. And she generated laughs during the course of the movie, but she also created some very powerful, very, uh, you know, uh, emotionally truthful, vulnerable moments. So did Jennifer Connelly. I think Winona Ryder is the kind of, I mean, Winona Ryder's been doing this for years, obviously, but she is kind of, it's like a new discovery almost. It's a, it's a new Winona Ryder. She is the story of this film, as far as I'm concerned. She, how did she, how'd she get involved and how did you two, you know? She, she came in to meet on it and, uh, and I was interested in meeting her, but I was, I was thinking of her honestly more, for the Jennifer Connelly role, for for the possibility of of, of Vince's you know would be fiance, and I, I met her, and and in all honesty, and again, this sort of shows a little bit you know sort of Vince's out of the box thinking. He said when I was discussing it, said, "Wow, I wonder what she would be like as Geneva, the one who goes head to head," and it, the character was written in a kind of a 
ice queen sort of a way. And I immediately thought, well, that would be so interesting with, with her, her sensitivity and vulnerability and, and yet, you know, her, her dramatic chops. Mm-hmm. I, I bet that would be, I, it might be very interesting, but I wasn't certain. And I actually asked her to come in and do some scenes with Vince. And, and basically, it's, a, it's an audition. I'll tell but, you, I'm sorry, when she digs in, when she digs in with Vince at, at, at like a turning point in the picture, I mean, first of all, I, I, I love Winona. She's, a, she's, and I've always enjoyed her performance, but she is so good yeah, and this, at, 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 the, at the diner. Yeah, yeah, it's she, a head-to-head scene. The head-to-head scene, she makes a turn that's so cool. <laughs> and it was like, obviously, a good choice. And Vince thinking out of the box, um, you know. And, and then she came in and, and, and it easily... You know, uh, just convinced us that she had what it take to, to to really surprise audiences. And the other thing, I, the key word there is probably surprise, because I, you know, I, I re- it's great to have these great comedy stars. I, as a director, wanted to try to to create as many twists and turns in the plot, but also surprise you with the casting. And so things like Winona in that role, Channing Tatum playing this kind of out of control zip character, um, tattooed crazy guy. Uh, you know these the, Queen Latifah playing this uh, this this automotive executive, uh, who's kind of surprising in her own right. These were these were casting choices I wanted to make to try to surprise the audience. Uh, one more question before we take it to the audience, and it's about something you alluded to earlier, Clint, which is kind of the 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 budget realm here. We're entering an era now in Hollywood where you know films like Social Network and Black Swan are getting a lot of attention and actually getting a lot of uh, doing well at the box office on fairly limited budgets compared to other films and uh, they are also um, the creative freedom is, is greater in these films as well now you, you've both worked you know, for a while in this, this business where do you see this going and how will it affect both of your jobs uh, you know, from the director's chair and then as an actor as well well uh, the, the only sad part about the studio business sort of contracting is there are less roles for character actors like me when, for instance, Warner Brothers is only making, you know, six or seven movies a year when they used to make 12, and the same could be said with all the studios, that's literally, you know, 10 or 12 less parts per, per movie that are available for, for guys like us, guys like me. So, but that doesn't mean that the business is shrinking, it's just changing. Listen, I, I understand there's an ebb and flow to this business. It, the, the studio pictures are certainly contracting because the studios are simply making less. But there are other movies, there's other outlets, there's the Uva Bowls of the world, and there are the cable outlets of the world that are, that are offering actors like myself an opportunity to go do material. So, you know, I would love to see, listen, my cup of tea are like old school movies, or, or movies with stories, like this one. But I also understand that it's changing, and, and listen, as an actor or as just as a participant in the industry, if you are unwilling to change, well, simply, you're just going to get swamped. you got to be flexible, and you got to go with the flow, and that's what I try to do as an actor. Uh, it definitely is changing, and, and uh, um, you know, the, 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 the definition and cost of of uh, sort of an A studio movie, well, that's, that's shifting too. First of all, the, the, it, a character-driven story um, is, uh, is, is, is riskier in their minds. A comedy, you know, slightly less so. 
So, you know, having a movie that would attract this kind of cast, led by Vince and Kevin, you know, gives the studio a little more confidence and, 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 and they're willing to um, invest a bit more in it. But um, even this probably cost 25 or 30% less this year than it might have two years ago. Okay. And, and so they are enforcing a kind of a, of, a, of a discipline which everyone has to respond to. And it's probably a very healthy thing. But, um, you know, the, the, I think it's very exciting what's happening. In, in, and, and, and the fact that people are proving over and over again that you actually can make movies for less and make really good movies. And thankfully, you know, audiences are showing up. There's nothing better, nothing better for all of us than a film like Black Swan proving to be commercially viable. I mean, you know, as dark, as unexpected, and, 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 and uh, you know, I happen to really enjoy it and, and, and be riveted by it. Uh, so it's effective to me. But, it's, but you know, it's, it's, it's not like anything else, it's, and yet it's finding its audience in a, in, a, in a significant enough way that companies feel like they can actually make that a business model, you know, and, and, um, and, and, and rely upon it. True Grit cracking $100 million. That's great. You know, that's, that's, that's spectacular for people who still want to get out there and, uh, and, and take risks with the, the movies they make. And of course, the one film that we want to see how this paradigm affects, the number one film, of course, is the Arrested Development movie. Is this movie happening? How will it, aff <laughs> how will it affect it? I, got it. I think uh, I should give you Mitch's email so you could all swamp him. But uh, uh, Mitch, Mitch Hurwitz, uh, the creator of Arrested Development, uh, and I, I spoke very recently, and... Um, um, and, and, and he's, uh, you know, he's working on it. And, and, and the fact of the matter is that his television company and his television business, the recent series with Will Arnett, was really eating up a great deal of time. He, he loved it. He, you know, it's, it's not going to go forward. And I think now he actually has the window to, to focus on, on, on Arrested Development. And, but, you know, it's going to be his first feature directing situation. It's Arrested Development, uh, you know, something that is precious to him, um, and, and he knows that, that p there are going to be high expectations, and I don't, I don't think he'll, he won't go forward to meet some kind of release date. He'll, he'll go forward when he thinks he has something cool and funny and fresh. Got it. All right. Who has a question out there? There's one person over here, and they'll bring a mic to you, so just please be patient. Is Johnny Bart going to be in the rest of the development movie? <laughs> Always lobbying for a part. Hi, Ron. Yes. What was it like when you directed The Grinch? And what was it like working with Jim Carrey? Well, uh, Jim Carrey is an amazing talent. And, and you know, in a way, uh, physically, he is so spontaneous and, and surprised me so often that, it, that in a lot of ways when I was working with Vince on The Dilemma, I was reminded of, of, of kind of that same sort of inventiveness. Jim's is a little more physical, but it's, uh, uh, or at least it was on The Grinch, uh, and, and, and Vince, you know, almost entirely verbal. But it was great. He was creative. It was unbelievable what he could do through that suit. You know, this was sort of pre-CG characters. Uh, everybody was wearing makeup. It was uh, extremely challenging on a design level, and, and there were some limitations. I mean, just a year or two later, I was kind of wishing we could make the movie all over again because even what we could have done to just augment the look of some of the characters and, 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 and help with the sort of the, the, the Seussian physics of that world would have been 
frankly a lot cooler and a lot and a lot uh, more practical to so achieve. Is, so is that a realm you want to revisit then, with CGI being what it is now, motion capture, et cetera? I, in, I mean, if I found the right story, I, I'm 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 actually not looking at things in terms of genre or cinematic, you know, directorial exercises anymore. There was a time in my career when I really did. I, you know, I love the medium. I wanted to learn it. I wanted to prove to other people that I was versatile. But now I just look for s- stories that interest me, that I think have a chance to feel fresh and original, characters that I think are, are going to provide really interesting performance opportunities for, for actors that I want to work with. And, uh, and I, look, I love to work. My kids are grown. I plan to make a lot of movies. I've got good energy, and and I and I'm and I and I I don't want to, I don't want to check myself too much. I kind of want to just I, I want to keep exploring, pushing it, and uh, and and sort of just following my instincts. And you know, I, I, it's uh, it's it's a good it's a good creative ride. Got it. Uh, there was someone over here. Right here in the front. Okay. Hi, Ron. I love your work. I love everything you've done from Night Shift on. Thank you. Um, what I wanted to ask, since you also have experience in the acting field as well as directing field, and as well as yourself too, Clint, what would you give a, a new budding actor like myself, and give, what kind of advice would you give them to help them grow into the industry? Uh, well, I want to let Clint uh, answer that too, but I'll, I'll throw in a couple things. W- 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 <sighs> First, you know, you got to be working out, um, I mean, as an actor. So whether that's being in plays, scene study, whatever it is, I also highly recommend improv. E- even if you have no interest in, 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 in comedy particularly, there is something fantastic about actors who, who are adept at improv and have, and have actually trained for it because they just they bring a lot of life and vitality, even if they're sticking to the to the um, to the words, and and I, I think that that um, it, it, the 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 big thing is to throw yourself into a constant cycle of 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 working and being around other people who are taking it seriously and 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 and, and out there going after it, even if you have to do it for free. But there's such a difference between an actor who walks in for an audition, who is sharp tuned up, you know, frankly, just a little too busy to even be there because they've got to, as soon as this audition's over, they got to run back to either their job or the play they're doing or the thing they're writing or whatever. Um, you, you feel it if they're, if they're tuned in. The other thing that I mentioned, the writing, it, if you feel like write, it's good to write, even if you think you're never going to sell a thing, even if you don't care about being a screenwriter, it's another creative outlet and there's nothing that tunes your mind to sort of what the needs of the narrative are than than being uh, free with your own your own writing. What do you think, Clint? Well, listen. One thing, technology now. You know, with these little high def cameras, and and if you can search out and find a community, or even just a handful of people that are making little films, or have the ability to go off and make a little short film, do it relatively inexpensively, and really as an actor, Ron, the, the, the writing, the material is really cool, but just, and it's good, but staying, keeping your acting muscles tuned up is, is really, really 
critical because I find myself, you know, when I go dormant and not work for a while and, and listen, sometimes it's my laziness and sometimes it's just the way the business is sort of rolling out for me. It just takes me a while to get back in the flow. And I think starting out, the more tuned you are, then the better chance you'll have to have, you know, somebody like Ron or, or some little independent filmmaker go, God, that guy's really good and, and give, him a li- give you a little part and take it and, 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 and work hard and move on to the next And thing. it's really a good point because traditionally, you know, that, those workouts were, were in scene study and, and I think that's still good. Or they were, they were equity waiver plays, also still great. But if you can find that group that's doing stuff and throwing it out on the, on the internet... Yeah. You know, you, you also, you, ne- you never know when somebody will bump into it and say, who, you know, who was that? The, he, you know, he or she were great in that. Yeah. In that YouTube, YouTube can be a great tool for an actor. You just never know. You never know. You know, the one thing about acting, being in a short film or working for a buddy or even working for student films you know, the local university, the kids are making films. You know, those films now get put on YouTube, and it's like throwing it against the wall, and, you know, most of the time it's not going to stick. But, listen, we're, we're dreaming, and we're, we're hoping, and, and, and hopefully it does stick, and, and YouTube can make something, you know, give you some sizzle. Right here in the back. Hi, Clint. I like your hat, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, Ron, it's nice to see you again. It might, this is just a comment. I agree with Clint. Um, when you're about to do the DVD, can you please add the making of the movie and the bloopers? I would really like that. So that's my... Just, we, were, we were talking about that day today, and there's a selection process that's, uh, that's underway. <laughs> see, there you go. <laughs> and another one towards the back here. Hi, Ron. I want to ask you, um, when you rehearse, how long do you rehearse for? And do you rehearse the whole script? And what do you think is the difference between filming with rehearsed actors and non-rehearsed that comes in just to do it? You know, different filmmakers approach that in different ways. I, I am always trying to create the environment where I think this particular set of actors is going, is going to really excel. And there are, I like to rehearse mostly because I want to understand what the actors think about the material, if they have any concerns about it, so that on the day, you know, we're not bumping into somebody saying, I, don't, I just don't understand this scene, I don't believe in it, or something. But you can go much further with it if the actors are, 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 are really interested and willing. But some actors feel that that's going to shut down their spontaneity, and I, and I try to respect that, and then ride a line where we, we go through the entire script... We come to terms with what, you know, what is, is happening in all the scenes, why it's happening, my point of view about it, their point of view about it. If a writing adjustment needs to be made, let's, let's consider it and, uh, and, and make sure that that's clear. If the actors are willing to go further, as they were in this one, as, as, as they have been in some others, I think it's great. But it's really at that point, it's kind of more up to the actors than it is up to me. Uh, and I look, I don't, I don't ask them, but I sense it. And then I either push the rehearsals further or I start to dial back and have them save it for the camera. So for me, it's always a process of how, what do these actors need in order to really fly, to really score, to give the audience you know, the, 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 the best possible look at what these actors have to offer. And, that, and so I take it project by project. Right here towards the center. 
Uh, hi, Ron. Uh, I was just wondering how uh, you as a director uh, went about, you know, you, you were dealing with an actor, Vince Vaughn, who, and Kevin James as well, who are, you know, pretty much really, really well known for their improbabilities, um, you know, in, in the comic world. So how did you as a director go about drawing the line between what they wanted to do in terms of their spontaneity and improv and what you wanted from them as a director? Well, I didn't, I didn't draw the line. In fact, I, 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 I uh, very intentionally went out and erased the line. Because we had worked on the script. We had a good script. They believed in it as well. We understood the parameters of the story, and these guys are very savvy about that. But I wanted them to feel the freedom to create, to generate the comedy, and the surprise for me is how much heart came out of that. But I knew that, um, uh, that I was going to take the material back, and the actors knew, and make those decisions in the editing room. I wasn't going to try to, to press that upon them. Now, once in a while... They'd improvise something that I really liked, and I would actually ask them to do it again in a different camera angle. And uh, sometimes that's easier said than, than done. But these guys are pros, and, uh, and, and very often were, were able to do that. But they were also the ones appreciating what was written, what had been arrived at during the rehearsal process. And they wanted to make sure that we had good versions of that. Um, as Vince likes to say, he says, I, I don't want to go out there and have to be shooting three pointers all day. You know, he he wants to run set plays. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the the just the sports analogy for one second, because listen, Ron is like a great coach. He's like a basketball coach, and when he gets his team, he understands that well. The, the team he has now that he that he gets to play with. They're a fast break team, and he's got to let them play. And then there are times where he, he coaches them up to run the set plays. And one thing, I, first of all, when, when, when I was little, and he was always bigger than me, <laughs> um, um, he was a great like youth basketball coach. He had this wonderful skill to be able to look at talent. And even on the basketball f floor with 12-year-old kids, he could look at these kids and, and devise a plan to get the very best out of us. And he does that very, he's the same way as a director. He will see what he's got and then coach him up to make him even better. Thank you. <laughs> it's true. He was a great basketball coach. He really was. If he wouldn't have gotten into directing, he probably would have been a great college basketball coach. And we have time for two more questions right here in the front rows, the first one. So you've used improvisation for this film. How about some of the other films? Was that used, or did you have somebody on set maybe rewriting the script, and especially in your dramas? Um, you know, it really varies. I, a Beautiful Mind was highly scripted. There were some changes during the rehearsal period. Akiva Goldsman was around. Occasionally there'd be something, uh, particularly Russell Crowe would come in and, and, and have some ideas, but it was all very well prepared. However... A, 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 a very poignant scene that I was involved with, oh, I guess over 20 years ago now, in Cocoon, there's this fishing scene. It's kind of a well-known scene. Wilford Brimley is out there fishing with his grandson, and he's talking about, you know, he might not see the boy, and, and he might go off into space, and it was a, it was a nicely written page-and-a-half scene. And Wilford, who's a really good improvisational actor, not so much reaching for comedy, although he could be funny, and some of the funny lines in that movie came, came out, uh, you know, uh, from improvs and him throwing lines in. But he came to me and he said, you know, uh, we could shoot that scene, you know, and it'd be fine, but why don't you just let me talk to the boy? And I basically said, that's great, Wilford. I might, I just want to know that at some point, 
if I don't think we're getting it with the, you know, uh, with you just talking to the boy, um, I, you know, I, then I, we need to go back to the script. And he said, okay, well, that's fine. Well, I wound up shooting four takes with three cameras, each one a different size. We never, we never went near the script. And it wound up being a nine-minute improv that was edited down by Mike Hill, one of my editors, down to this really poignant two-and-a-half-minute scene. And it's, you know, it's, it's something that I'm as proud of as anything I've ever, ever been involved with. And I, all I had to do was listen to Wilford say, why don't you just let me talk to the boy? And, and so, um, um, and facilitate that. And, and so I have had situations where I've been able to use it for both comedic effect. You know, Michael Keaton is a terrific improvisational uh, uh, actor. Jim Carrey, uh, you know, and so it's, it's exciting. I appreciate it when it, you know, when it's there. But again, it, it really depends on, on, um, on, on, the, uh, on the actors. I'll tell you one other circumstance. Frost Nixon, beautifully written, brilliant play by Peter Morgan, you know, Wonderfully adapted. He's, he, you know, he's not a playwright primarily. He's a screenwriter. He did a wonderful adaptation. But one of the things that I really wanted to do is create a kind of a spontaneity around it. And so I, I cast uh, you know, Oliver, Oliver and I cast Sam Rockwell and I, and I basically gave these guys a green light that whenever they were in a group, whenever they were around you know, uh, Michael Sheen playing David, Fro uh, David Frost or, or anyone else, that anytime they wanted to throw anything in, they could because I knew that the head-to-head the, the -head stuff, these guys had done it in the play. It was brilliant. I didn't want to impose that upon them, but I wanted to breathe this kind of vitality in, you know, into it. And Clint played the stage manager in that. He wasn't going for jokes, but he didn't have any scripted dialogue. But it was just constantly fill in, interrupt, interrupt the president here, and I tried to give give that this sort of um, you know this sort this sort of feeling of of reality in and around this highly disciplined, carefully scripted um, uh, you know brilliant piece of writing. I'll tell you the best piece of direction you ever gave me when he told me to go and interrupt the president. <laughs> <laughs> One more, right over here on your far left. Uh, thank you for bringing up Russell because uh, you may not be aware that. Half the audience here tonight is from Australia. Um, and we're here because the industry is really struggling, and yet there are great performers, obviously, uh, and great directors as well who are doing awesome things. Um, and you mentioned your choices in stories. And so I guess first we'd like to invite you to come down to Australia and spend some time and maybe pick some of those stories and revive the industry, but also... Um, maybe have some thoughts on how we all choose those stories because, you know, we've got really talented people in Australia, um, but the industry just, it's not kicking, you know, where a, a good movie will bring in, will gross $300,000 and we're all like, wow. Well, it's, you know, it's very difficult for me to, to, to presume to offer any real advice, but I, but I, the, the, I was talking to some people, uh, you know, really astute moviegoers, um, theater goers, sophisticated people. And we were, we, were kick, we were running through movies that they'd liked recently, plays they'd seen, and, and I was listening, and I didn't even get into the conversation, but the fact of the matter is, the ones they liked were the stories that had freshness and had a hook. And, and so it, it, they, they were, they, they, people want to be drawn into something and really entertained and, 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 you know, and when possible, surprised with a twist or a turn. And, and that, that, that sort of, that need 
is there. So it's difficult to find stories that can cut through. And, uh, and, and I think we're all facing that in a world where there's so much else to do with your, our time, and that's, that, that's, that's cool and exciting and engrossing. So you, keep, you need to keep digging for those stories that actually would get people's attention. One of the reasons we're doing this, this movie was as a concept, Brian had tested it out at a lot of different gatherings and dinner parties and found that people like to talk about the subject. So for us, you know, it's not a formulaic movie. That's a risk, but at least it's an idea that we think has a chance to resonate with people once they've seen it and maybe cut through, and we'll find out. We're going to find out this weekend. And we were talking about Animal Kingdom, which is a great Australian film, but just backstage, and that is, you know, you guys are doing great work, so by all means, keep it up and uh, check out Animal Kingdom, Ron. Yeah. You all check out Animal Kingdom. Check out The Dilemma this weekend. That's the more important thing. Thank you very much for coming, Ron Howard. Thank you. Clint Howard. I'm Stu Van Herzog from Movie Line. Check out the website, and we'll see you around. Thanks.